The Gophers are officially tied for first in the Big Ten West. They have some odds to overcome when it comes to the tiebreaker, but you're telling me there's a chance. We'll talk about it today and also recap the win against Northwestern coming up on Locked On Golden Gophers. You are Locked On Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here. We're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Today, we're recapping what happened against Northwestern and also talking about how do we come out of this big, bad, wild, wild west. Two wilds, as PJ Fleck would say. Definitely feel free to follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts at Lockdown Golden Gophers, but be sure to hit subscribe on YouTube where we are building up the community. I'm loving the comments I'm seeing in there, and I need to know what are your thoughts with this Wild Wild West? Do you think the Gophers can pull it off? How are you feeling? Are you anxious? Are you excited? Are you doubtful? Let's hear it down in the comments on YouTube and be sure to subscribe. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage with a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC networks. I can always watch the game I want to on Sling, and now you can too. Check out Sling TV to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling TV, the TV you love for the price you'll love. Try it today. Now, let's jump in on this bad boy. Let's talk about what happened in this dub. Thankfully, again, it was a dub, but we have a lot of things to talk about. There were a lot of goods in this game and not too many wrongs, but we'll talk about what went right and what went wrong. But I want to recap what happened first. You had Ethan Kaliak Manis, who was 7 of 14 for 64 yards and 50% completion rate. Uh, he didn't take a whole lot of deep shots. We really didn't pass the ball all that much, but that was because the ground game was it. I mean, a ground game that had three uh, total offense that had 366 yards in the ground game had 302, 302 of your 366 yards come from the ground. It's hard to hate on that. You take what the defense is giving you and they were giving you the run game all game long so you took advantage of it mo ibrahim 178 yards and three touchdowns balling we said in the keys let mo be mo let mo run whatever fun saying you want to say about mo ibrahim let him do it and they did 178 yards three touchdowns absolutely put the team on his back and ran away with this one but you also saw others succeed in the in the run game. Trey Potts, 10 carries for 63 yards. You'll take that. 6.3 yards a carry. Looked more explosive than we've seen him in the past few weeks. 
looked like a really good complimentary back in this game. Then you saw Ethan Kelly McManus, who got it done on the ground in the times that it, he needed to. Big runs from him that really helped the team advance in their drives. He had four attempts for 28 yards. Then you got Zach Evans, true freshman, whom Mo Ibrahim gave so much praise. If you haven't checked out that tweet yet, it is on my Twitter, at 4 Rob video, where he literally said, he's the next great Minnesota running back. So Mo Ibrahim talking about Zach Evans, but Zach Evans looking so shifty, kicking it into second gear so quickly. He can get to top speed in a heartbeat. It's extremely exciting, extremely impressive. And he saw 29 yards and a touchdown on the day in some cleanup work. Love to see him get his first looks. The true freshman impressing. And then Bryce Williams also had two carries for four yards in this game. So like I said, 302 total rushing yards. Absolutely love to see it. Now the defense gave up over 250 total yards, but it was all yards you'll take. It was little chunk plays, chunk plays, chunk plays that you'll take the underneath that you can cover, that you can get quick three and outs, that you can get shorter drives and get your offense back on the field. If they're going to just take little dink and dunks and things like that and you'll get off the field quicker, sure, you'll give up 250 yards. They give up only five explosives, only five explosives, which has been the lowest amount in the past, I believe, four or five weeks. So you like to see them cleaning up in that effort. Now, also the offensive line played well. The entirety of the line played well, and including Quinn Carroll. I'll give him his props as we go, but overall, the Gophers looked great in this game. They had 40 minutes of time possession, absolutely dominated the clock, and it was true domination by the Golden Gophers against a opponent that was an inferior opponent and they took advantage of it they made it look like that and they got the win that they needed as they head into rivalry weeks these are going to be big games folks these are going to be huge games when it comes to playing Iowa and playing Wisconsin so we need to know what went wrong in this game that we still have to clean up in order to bring our best in these two games Iowa is up first so what went wrong in this game what went right we're going to talk about that coming up next, but we have to talk about today's episode that is brought to you by Upside. Now, Upside is a simple and easy app that you can download for free and save money or get money back on the things that you do already each and every day. Buying gas, going to restaurants, getting groceries, the things that you're going to have to do to live well, maybe not getting gas in New York, but it depends where you're at. But most people have to buy gas. Most people have to get groceries. Most people go to restaurants. Why not save money or get money back when it comes to those things? You just download the Upside app and you'll get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more by using promo code LOCKED. All you gotta do is go to the business that you're gonna go to anyway, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the business and pay as usual on a credit or debit card and get paid. It's that simple. Just download the Upside app and again, use promo code LOCKED. The app is free. Use promo code LOCKED and you get $5 back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Get Upside today. All right, so let's jump into the let's jump into what went right, what went wrong when it comes to Golden Gophers football against Northwestern. So the first thing is what went wrong. We got to get the negatives out there and get through it quickly. The first one I want to talk about is creating a passing rhythm. The Gophers just couldn't do it. So I was like, 
you know, we didn't see a whole lot of passes. We only saw 14 pass attempts, which isn't very many in the long scheme of things. But how how did they come? Did Ethan just look bad or like what was happening here? Well, Coach Fleck talked about it after the game about how he is still developing kind of what his routine is and how he gets into it for the game and stuff like that. So those are things he's still learning and he's adjusting to as the games are going on. But also we didn't really give him an opportunity to get in a rhythm to have success. In fact, we had 12 drives, 12 total drives and 14 total passes. So really you almost only averaged one pass attempt per drive. But that wasn't the case because there were some drives where we had no pass attempts. In fact, there were only one drive of the 12 total drives in which we had more than two pass attempts in a single drive. Only one drive throughout the entire game. Now, in this game, you had a drive of nine plays, a drive of 11 plays, a drive of six plays, a drive of 12 plays, and a drive of 12 plays. Those are your top five lengthy drives. So 9, 11, 6, 12, and 12. Four of those five were scoring drives. Yet only one of those drives in the entire game had more than two pass attempts. And it was the six-play drive of those. So like I said, 9, 11, 6, 12, 12. The six-play drive is the one where we had three passing attempts. That was the largest amount of passing attempts in a singular drive. And it was the only drive of the five that we did not score. So maybe you're thinking, oh, well, maybe that's why we weren't passing so much. I mean, we probably weren't passing much because the running game was so successful, but it's hard to find success in the passing game when you're only allowing your quarterback to throw it one play and then run, 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 one play, run, 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 and touchdown. Like, how are you supposed to get a feel, get into the groove, get a, especially with the weather conditions, with the wind, with the cold, how are you supposed to get into a rhythm, get a feel for the game, get in your groove when you're only getting the pass the ball every six plays, every seven plays, it's hard to create a rhythm, get into the swing of things and find the success. So I don't blame Ethan here, but at the same time, even if Tanner was on the field, I wouldn't blame him for this as well. You got to allow your passers to get into the rhythm to be able to have success in the passing game. Now, it wasn't needed in this one, but it will be needed in the games to come. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on as we move forward on how we get the passing game into the swing of things. Now, number two and where we went wrong in this game was punting. Once again, we weren't able to flip the field in situations where you would love to see it. And that especially comes on those first two punts. So we go three and out in our first two drives and our punts go from the Minnesota 25 and from the Minnesota 22. And we only get the ball to the Northwestern 40 and 38. So basically the 40 both times. You get to the Northwestern 40 both times. All they need is 10 yards or 11 yards, and then they're in your territory. That's not flipping the field. That's not helping your defense set up for success to get them off the field quicker. In fact, it probably at least juices up the other offense. Like, look, we only got 10 yards, and then we're in their territory, and we're starting to creep towards field goal territory. I mean, it's tough for your defense to put that much pressure on them. And against successful teams, 
like Wisconsin, like Iowa, yes, they might be having down years, but they still have and find success, especially when they're going to play in these rivalry games. You have to be able to set your defense up to be in positions to get off the field. You want to get down in the, if you're punting from your 20, 25, you want to get down to their 20. You want to get down to their 18. So that way they're in a tighter space. They have to go further distance and we're just not able to flip the ball field with this punting team. It's gotta, we've got to do better. We've got to change there. It's something that will be a determining factor in these final games is how the punting game does it. Because Iowa's punting game is going to be on point. We're going to have to drive a long field consistently at home. Luckily, that game is at home. And Wisconsin's punting game is sometimes really good and sometimes off. So you need to make the most and make the best of those opportunities. Now, the third and final point of where we went wrong was there was no deep shots. That was the first thing I took a look at when it came to our game book after the game in the press, in the media space was where was the passes coming from? They give you a field breakdown of where each zone had pass attempts and there were none that were beyond in the deep territory, which is interesting because Ethan has found his most success in the intermediate and deeper areas when he's gotten in the game. So it was weird that we never really took shots that were deep. I wonder if it was because it was cold. I wonder if it was because we really didn't need to pass the ball in this game, but it was interesting. The shots that were taken in this when it did come to those minimal 14 pass attempts. So hopefully, again, as we move forward here in these final two regular season games, we'll see more intermediate shots, we'll see more deep shots, and we'll see more success in those spaces. It not only helps clear up the ground game for Mo Ibrahim to continue to thrive, which he's going to need it cleared up more for these next two defenses, but also getting the quarterback into his rhythm, getting into his groove, getting him comfortable and taking shots down the field. That's going to be pertinent in this game. So those were where we went wrong in here. But outside of those, I honestly can't tell you any other areas that this team was negative in. In fact, I'm going to give you the, the positives. I put the three of our safeties are next level. They bring the heat. They bring the fire. They bring the energy each and every time. And they really set the tone for this defense. And I think that's true. Jod Joyner is an absolute monster. He's been getting better and better and better each week in the last three games. He has had 13 pressures on the quarterback, two sacks, three hits, and eight hurries. The more he's getting involved, the better he is doing, the more... I don't know what the word is here, but the more real, legit... Our pass rush is starting to look as he gets more opportunities. I definitely want to ask Coach Fleck about what what he's seen from John Joyner over this back half of the year and the growth from him. So I'm going to hopefully ask him that later in the press card today on Monday. So be sure to check out Twitter to see what that answer is. But overall, love to see him getting more and more involved in this defense. And then finally, our offensive line looked improved. Quinn Carroll balled out this game, was really clean, no real mistakes, no pressures given up, absolutely flattened some guy in one of his blocking looks. So like, I love to see it. Quinn, props to you. I've been hard on you on this podcast over the past few weeks and you bounce back. You shut me up and I love it. Keep shutting me up because I love to see the success from this offensive line looking like a top unit once again. Now, that's not the only successes. Like we said, the running game absolutely dominated. The offensive line 
looked great. The defense overall looked really good. Forced uh, two turnovers, I believe. Two turnovers in this one. Had multiple sacks. So it's coming together, and it's coming together at the right time where the Gophers still have a chance for the West. But how do we do it? How can we pull it off to be the Big Ten West champions? It's still not fully in our control, but there are ways that we can get it done. And we're going to talk about that right now. First, this episode was brought to you by Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new a new thing, a new segment called Thrilling Moments across the Lockdown College Network to talk about the highlight from the most recent game or from a time in the Golden Gophers time here with the football program. So today we're talking about this week's thrilling moment, which is none other than Tyler Newbin's interception. The first interception was absolutely perfect. It helped flip the field for the Gophers quickly and get us into scoring range. Once again, it's hard to not see the energy level, the tone switching moment every time when Newbin steps on the field and this interception was perfectly timed to help the Gophers continue to run away with this one and make the team believe that this will never be close. Tyler Newbin's interception came on in the Northwestern Territory, immediately put us into scoring range and absolutely helped this team take over. Now, this week's thrilling moment is brought to you by Nissan. This segment is inspired by the new designs featured across Nissan. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, which I just picked up, and it's absolutely phenomenal. On top of that, you've got the Armada and the Pathfinder. Check them out at NissanUSA.com today. All right, so let's wrap this thing up by talking about how can the Gophers still win the West? How does it happen? What do we have to do? Is it realistic? Now, the realistic part, I told you two weeks ago, it's real slim. It's probably not looking good. There's a lot to ask. You need Illinois to drop not only the Michigan State game, not only the Purdue game, but then also another one. Well, they've got Michigan coming up, so you like them dropping another one, which helps put us back into the driver's seat as Gophers if we get the wins and take care of business. So that's the first thing that has to happen when it comes to winning the West. The Gophers have to win out and they have to take care of business. If you want this, you got to do it now. Coach PJ Fleck talked about they put themselves into a hole and they did. They recognize that. But he said if they go one game at a time, if they grind away, they might find themselves back in this race and hear people talking about them once again in November. And he's right. We're talking again. We're talking about it's a possibility. We're talking about it could happen. But you have to continue the mindset that you've been playing with these last three weeks, getting back on track, and you have to take advantage of the easy things, less mistakes, more easy focuses, more clean play, more taking the chunk yards, more setting yourself up for success, more turnovers forced, more pressure created. You keep doing those small things. And you're going to be there at least giving yourself a chance at this when it comes to it. So you come in this week, you play Iowa at home. You have to win. Again, you have to win out to get to the West. But if you beat Iowa this week, there's four teams tied right now. There's four teams between Minnesota, Illinois, Purdue, Iowa. Those are the four tied for first. And then Wisconsin is behind those four. You come in and you beat Iowa, you're already putting yourself above Iowa because you get a win and you have the tiebreaker there. But also, 
you're you're setting yourself up a game apart from Iowa. So then they're out of the race for you, essentially, if you went out. Then you go and you have to beat Wisconsin. That puts you at least, no matter what, tied for first in the conference if you go win out. Then it comes down to the tiebreakers. Now, you have to beat Illinois and you have to beat Purdue in the tiebreaker, which means they have to lose another game. You, If they win out, you, you can't win the West because they have the tiebreaker on it. That Purdue loss really hurt us. That Purdue loss really hurt us. Now, you can probably count Illinois for another loss, which means because they play Michigan, which means they'll be behind as well if we win out. And Wisconsin will be behind us again if we went out because we're playing them directly. So that literally leaves Purdue. That leaves Purdue in Minnesota, which is why that Purdue game hurts so bad, which is why Mo not playing in that game hurts so bad. But we had the opportunities to win that game even without Mo and still dropped it due to self-inflicted errors. That one hurts the most right now as you look back, that homecoming game, the hump we just couldn't get over. But it's still a chance because... Purdue's got Northwestern, Purdue's got Indiana. You look at those two games and you're like, oh, well, Purdue won. That's it. That's a wrap. No, that's that's not true. In fact, you should not, absolutely should not take that Indiana versus Purdue game for granted. Because Indiana, yes, they might have struggled here and there, but they've shown they can come to life. They won against Illinois. They've had some, some close games in this Big Ten race. And... It's an in-state rivalry. Just like Minnesota fans talk about, oh, well, when we play Iowa, Iowa's always going to give us their best no matter what. Wisconsin's always going to give us their best no matter what. You can't, even if they're a bad year, they're going to play their best against Minnesota. It's the same thing for Indiana and Purdue. It's an in-state rivalry where everything is fired up, just like Michigan State and Michigan, just like uh, other in-state rivalries. They, they just... You want to dominate your state. You want to prove this is our house, not yours. This state is our house, not yours. So you cannot take that one for granted because Indiana is going to give Purdue their best. Absolutely. No matter what, no matter how the season finishes out, they're going to put their best on the field in that game. That gives Gophers fans hope. That gives you the window of opportunity to take the West if you get your job done and handle business against Iowa and Wisconsin. So that's what it's going to take. You need one more Purdue loss, one more Illinois loss, and you went out. That's what it is. That's where we're at. That's going to wrap it for us. Hopefully the Gophers can take the West. The chances are still smaller, but they've been getting better and better each and every week. So you like that. You like that. And so we're going to wrap this one up on that note. This is Kane Rob signing off. Be sure to subscribe on the podcast on YouTube and follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast at Lockdown Golden Gophers. Thanks for listening. Row the boat. Skyuma. Go Gophers.